from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. So hey, everybody, welcome to the Green Entrepreneur podcast. I'm John Small, your host and the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur and greenentrepreneur.com. So what are the skill sets that you need to be successful in cannabis? What are cannabis companies looking for? To help answer that question today, I have the perfect guest. David Belsky joins us from Los Angeles. And David is the CEO and the founder of Flower Hire, which is a cannabis recruiting agency dedicated to helping companies build, scale, and retain successful teams. And since their inception in 2017, Flower Hire has made over 300 placements in 10 states. And David is a veteran in recruiting. He's been doing it for 15 years, so he really understands the business and how to find the top talent. David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. First of all, tell me a little bit about how you got started in recruiting specifically for cannabis? Sure. Yeah, I'll go through that quickly. 13 years uh, I spent helping to build a recruiting firm for tech and for high growth technology companies and um, was successful but unfulfilled and, and didn't really like the entitlement of the tech industry. Wasn't sure it was really making the world a better place. So I started looking for what my next move was. And this was 2016. And around that time, I had a couple mentors I worked with at the beginning of my career in, that pivoted into cannabis. And uh, I was living in Chicago at the time, and they were in California. But I thought to myself, wow, if, is this industry really happening? And if it's attracting incredibly talented people, I got to check it out. So I ended up flying out to California, meeting with them immediately. And and I saw I saw the lane and had the opportunity to, uh, you know, had an early partnership with Ease, you know, which kind of cemented my transition. I helped Ease hire dozens of their early hires in 2017. And from that, I, I saw entrepreneurs from, you know, the you know, traditional market or the medical market, they were talking about raising money. I, I saw outside investors coming into the space, talking about, and everyone was talking about needing to hire. And I was like, this industry needs my help. So I started Flower Hire formally, and we've actually filled over 500 positions in the cannabis industry now, and and with an average salary of, of roughly you know 130k. So our real focus has been sort of six figure cannabis jobs. And even though I'm based here in Southern California, we've done more work east of the Mississippi in the last two years than actually in California. That's interesting. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that there's been so many markets emerging. And when you're an emerging market in cannabis, you have to scale rapidly. Each state is its own vertically integrated supply chain. So the job creation engine that is cannabis cannot be understated, right? And if you look at what's happened over the course of the last couple of years, you've had states come online like Illinois and Michigan for adult use. You've had Massachusetts actually issue more licenses. It's been legal for a long time. And you've had Medical markets continue to scale out their medical programs like Florida and you know Pennsylvania. And obviously, with an essential services designation that COVID was able to get last year during the pandemic, this industry has been full steam ahead. Yeah. So let's talk about, we asked you to identify the skill sets that are really in demand right now. And you know I think a lot of people sort of 
look at the cannabis industry and see, oh, like nothing but money and they have like dollar bills in their eyes, but it's not really like that. So let's do a little, first of all, a little reality check of kind of where we are in cannabis. And I imagine there are a lot of jobs available, right? But it's, it's a tough or, or is it, a, is it very competitive? Like, what's it like if I want to get into the cannabis industry? What's it like? Well, I obviously geography plays a big role. Like if you're in Wisconsin right now, where the Supreme Court's shutting down any attempts at building even a medical industry, it's going to be hard to work in cannabis if you're not one that can't move, right? So there's a geographic part of it. And I think that what happened in 2017 and 2018 was that there was a fairly large bubble in cannabis and from an investment standpoint, similar to what you see in other emerging markets where the idea was just just scale, just grow. It's going to be huge, right? And, and reality came knocking in 2019, the end of 2018, first half of 2019, when all of a sudden it was, how are you going to make money, right? How are you going to be profitable? How are you going to build a legitimate business? And what's grown from that time is a cannabis industry that actually has a thesis and a narrative for being cash flow positive, which is a good thing. But what I will say is that a lot of those get rich quick type attitudes that have been purely capitalist focused have been sort of flushed out. And um, the people that are part of the industry now are actually trying to build something long term and sustainable for the most part. Right. And I think that cannabis as a profession, not to mention the plant itself, but cannabis as a profession is one of those few things that right now gives people hope that and, and that's a powerful thing. So. I think that instead of thinking, I want to open my own dispensary, which I respect the entrepreneurial slant, if you don't have millions of dollars in the bank, if you don't have a legal team and a lobbying team to help you navigate all of the things involved with getting a dispensary actually open, set your sights on just getting a job in the industry. Because at the end of the day, this industry, I believe, is a middle-class job creator. If you're looking at retail jobs across the end of the spectrum and it being a growth industry and there being a thousand or so retail locations opening up every year now that are cannabis dispensaries or provisioning centers or whatever they're called in the state. But not only that, light industrial jobs, because it's a vertically integrated supply chain, you can't farm your light industrial cultivation, manufacturing, processing jobs to another state. So cannabis actually offers living wage jobs to people in, in parts of the country that honestly need it the most. And I think there's also upward mobility because the industry is scaling so rapidly and the way that we look at employment and the way that companies hire is they put a premium on industry experience. They put in the ingenuity is kind of taken out of the recruitment process where if someone on paper looks like the job, a company's be like, oh, we should interview this person. Well, that doesn't exist in cannabis. And these companies in these states are scaling so rapidly that if you are a hard worker and you... Um, get an opportunity to work in cannabis at any level, you can move up incredibly quickly. So I look at cannabis again as that sort of middle-class job creation engine. I love that middle-class job creation. That's just what this country needs too. Absolutely, man. And that made in America job, like every piece of cannabis you buy in the great state of Michigan was grown in Michigan. Right. That's so true. Yep. All right. So let's look at some of these um, jobs and, and something that's really interesting that people don't think about is, you know, they think, well, do I need to have, I don't have any experience in cannabis, but actually that's not a bad thing at all because cannabis companies and brands are looking for people with sort of mainstream business experience to bring that kind of expertise to, to the cannabis game. So just because you haven't worked in cannabis before doesn't make you unhirable. In fact, it might make you even more desirable in some, in some cases. Well, I think this industry is about people that can come in and help execute. And you're right. 
the industry is going to hire hundreds of thousands, if not a million people in the next eight years of people that don't currently work in cannabis. So the reality is, even if they prefer to hire someone with cannabis experience, you're, you're not going to. So one of the things I will say, though, but for any job, any background, any level, whether you're executive management, functional leader or a frontline frontline worker, there's some characteristics that, that really are important if you want to seek a job or a career in cannabis. And I think those transcend any type of job. The first one is humility, like being willing to learn, being willing to have to reinvent the tricks that you've learned over the course of a career. If you're an experienced professional that may not be relevant for cannabis, willingness to, to bend the knee, because at some point you're going to meet somebody that's been to jail for a long time for this plant. And you're going to have to realize that it's about more than just you. It's about a bunch of people that have this industry built off of, right? I think outside of humility, it's it's learning. I think loving the products is a good thing. I think most people that work in the industry, not all for sure, but most people that work in the industry love the products, but that's not your lead in to get a job, right? Lead in with education, lead in with learning about the plan, about the molecules, about the products, the business side of the industry, the regulatory regime in whatever state you live in. That learning is the most important thing, willingness to learn and not have to be told, but proactively learning, put yourself in a position when you get to interview, they see because learning is going to be such a part of the job anyway. They see that you've already started that process and you get it. And the third thing is just realize that it's it's a frenetic startup pace. It's an industry in hypergrowth that's being built in an uncertain regulatory environment. And it's not easy. Like it's not fun. It's not like a spring break party. Now it's hard work. And, and the good thing though, is that if you are mission driven, you believe in this plan, you believe in its accessibility, and you're excited to go to work every day, it doesn't even feel like work, even if you're working hard. And I think that's what the cool, unique, special thing is about cannabis is that people can go be themselves at work. They can go do something they believe makes the world a better place and support their family, which is a rare thing to find as well. All right. So those are great tips. And you you did identify before this interview, we talked a bit about it. You identified five skill sets that are very highly desirable right now. The first one is retail management. Talk a little bit about what that means and why that's uh, a good background to have. Well, I I mentioned a a few minutes ago, but at least a thousand retail stores are going to open this year in cannabis across the United States in dozens of states, right? So retail is a, a fixture within this industry. And this industry is hiring people that come from a retail or hospitality management background. So I think for retail management at the top level, like an understanding of not only front of house, like the customer experience and training and you know building the right systems and structure for the front of house, but also an understanding of back of house, since inventory control and compliance is such a big deal in this industry. Retail leaders that they can do that and come in with those skills are, are highly sought after. But even if you're only good in one in the back office or the front of house in a retail store, you know, in a supervisory position, you can lead teams and manage folks highly sought after people with, with a retail background. What about, um, you also mentioned number two here, manufacturing facility operations management. What facilities are we talking about here? The, um, the grow facilities or talk a little bit about that. Well, Think about production or the make side of the cannabis industry being cultivation, being processing, you know, turning flour into consumer packaged goods, you know, pre-rolls, jars, packaging that flour. Think about it as manufacturing, like taking that flour, potentially turning it into oil through some process, could be volatile or non-volatile, and then potentially turning that into vape cartridges or turning it into edibles and having a commercial kitchen facility. So 
what these cannabis production or make side facilities are, even if they're not in multiple buildings and in one large building, is like a campus where you have your, your, your happy plants being grown, often indoors, especially, you know, east of the Mississippi. You have that cannabis flower being processed for final human form and then potentially being turned into other products and form factors. So people that have worked in a facility that manufactures a consumable product, you know, food, beverage, alcohol, or something that is regulated, you know, like nutraceuticals or pharma or something to that effect. One of the most common things that our flower hires clients ask us to find, right, are people that can oversee that sort of facility with an eye for compliance, but really run the make side of it. And it could be agricultural processing background. It could be manufacturing background. It could be more of like a logistics warehousing type background, but those facilities need people to run them that understand those facilities and quite frankly, can learn the quirkinesses of the cannabis side of it as quickly as possible. And those people are not expected to grow. I mean, the thing that is the most highly sought after cannabis skilled person is a cultivator, someone to actually run a cultivation because there's just every industry in every state starts with that. So I'm not talking about the person who knows how to grow cannabis at scale. I'm talking about the person to actually run the facility, set the tone of the culture and hit sort of forecasts and P&L targets for that facility. Right, right. You mentioned sales and marketing. Now, in any industry, sales and marketing is obviously incredibly valuable. How is it different? in cannabis and what are people looking for in cannabis specifically when they're hiring people in the sales and marketing side of things? That's a great, great question. So it's different in a couple of different ways. We'll start with the marketing side. I mean, growth marketing is all the rage, but you can't really use Google or Facebook to market to your consumer. However, especially if you're a retailer, you actually get a lot of information about your consumer. If you can have someone who knows how to use it. Like you get their ID with every piece of information you could ever want about them on their ID. So it's not, you know, one door closes, another one opens, right? Um, now on the sales side of it, it is, um, you know, more likened to that sort of field sales model that you would find of like a, an alcohol rep, not the one that was managing the distributor relationship or the, or the CVS or Costco relationship, but the, but the one that was like focusing on SMB in a, in a territory, you know, more field sales. But Depending on the operator in the industry, sales can be fairly complex because a lot of these vertically integrated operators within a state, they may be selling wholesale flour, hundreds of pounds of flour. They also might be selling their own consumer packaged goods, but they also may have retailers, retail that they own that another group might be able to sell their products into. So there could be some complexity in terms of the different types of levers that you can pull if you're running sales within a state for a company, depending on the footprint of what their licenses and operations are. So it could be just straight hustle, like get this, you know, edibles brand in as many shelves as possible, which is hunting, or it could be more of one of those farming and like strategic deal making type skill sets for sales because there's multiple levers to pull. So I think that there is a lot of crossover and parallel into consumer packaged goods as it relates to sales and marketing, but it's not the most important thing. You know, I think from a marketer, you have to be a user of the products, to be honest with you, because it's just how you're going to relate to the consumer if you're not. 
Yeah, it seems like cannabis a lot more than other products. You really have to, in certain facets of this business, you really do have to be a user. I'm not every, because I always say like, you know, like I'm not a huge user of cannabis, but I'm able to make a living and know a lot about it because what I, for what I do, I don't review products, right? I'm, I'm talking about the business of cannabis. And so even though I respect and do use the plant somewhat, I'm not like a huge, but I feel like in certain parts of it, the business, it does help to be a user and to have an appreciation for the culture of the plant and stuff like that. And sales and marketing certainly feel like that would be important. Yeah. And, and, you know, that demographic of employee or career type tends to be more, it's easier to find that the sort of user of the products in that lane than in the accounting and finance lane. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of socializing also in the sales side, at least before COVID and now hopefully after COVID. There's a, there's a kind of social part of the job. Oh, it's coming back, and right? It's coming I mean, back. Yeah. So that's the fun social job, but it helps to, to enjoy the smoking it or consuming in some way. Account, we did, you just mentioned accounting, but accounting might be a more traditional approach. I would think a lot of accountants might be nervous about getting into cannabis because again, they tend to be, and no offense to my accounting friends out there, I know a lot of crazy wild partiers, but they tend to be a little more risk averse and maybe conservative in their in their outlook. So, but there seems to be a lot of opportunity for people with accounting skills in the in the business right now. I know I need an accountant for my side hustle that I'm doing. Well, if you think about from my experience when I first started Flower Hire a few years ago, like accounting and finance were the the area of the industry they need to up level the most, focusing specifically on the West Coast for the first six to 12 months. And there was plenty of people who knew how to grow cannabis and make products on the West Coast, but not a lot of experienced CPAs in, in the industry. Yes, uh, accounts tend to be more risk adverse, but this industry needs um, accountants. I mean, it's very complex, multi-entity accounting, you know, tax liabilities. And to be honest, some of the lessons learned from you know, the 2018-2019 capital market shift also was about all, in that cost accounting. Like, it's not about just making products. Like, we have to actually make products in a profitable way. So you started looking a lot at that people with a traditional costing experience working in some type of regulated manufacturing environment. Now, I think finance has been almost as, as in demand as accounting, you know, um, because, you know, obviously now as these companies are going through a growth trajectory, really keeping tabs on whatever metrics are, are being illustrated to show that the business is progressing, whether it's yields, whether it's units sold, whether it's sales volume in, in retail stores, whatever it is. So finance is, is highly sought after. Finance isn't as challenging to recruit for as accounting because finance, I think, just general is a little bit more entrepreneurial. But um, getting that sort of certified public accountant into cannabis is the challenge. That being said, for the early movers that have gotten into this industry, um, I think that they've probably accelerated their career and earnings growth quicker than if they didn't, because accounting is one of those places, one of those career paths that is very linear. You're talking three to 5% raise a year for 20, 30 years. When you get into cannabis, it's like, you, boom, like you, you, you're the only one with your background that's in this industry. And if your current company isn't going to pay you a 30% raise this year, someone's going to recruit you. Yeah. It seems like law is also similar. Cannabis law. It seems like there's a lot of demand. Do you place a lot of lawyers or am I wrong about that? No, we've, we've placed general counsel and chief compliance officers that have a JD, but I do think the compliance side is more in demand than, than the legal side, because there's such a heavy lift from a compliance standpoint in this industry. And it could be like a centralized sort of compliance department, or it could be just creating SOPs for the retail environment or the cultivation manufacturing environments to make sure that 
if a state audit happens that you know you're good, right? So compliance is or that sort of quality skill set out of a another industry, you know, about a regulated manufacturing environment, that's that's probably more sought after than than just legal. All right. And lastly, well, this is, this is not so much a, prof, a sort of track in the industry and more about a skill set that you might have. And maybe maybe it's both. But you mentioned cannabis related training, that the industry is so new that anyone really with cannabis related education or training automatically has a leg up. So that's a skill. So where does one get training and what, what do you encourage people who approach you? I wish I could say, hey, go get this certification right now and you'll be hired. Right. It's we're not yet there. However, I think we're getting close. I mean, uh, Greenflower Media is actually going through an accreditation process for all of their trainings right now. And they will be an actual accredited provider of of employment solutions and training solutions for the industry by the beginning of next year. And they have content for retail, for growing cannabis, for turning into products, everything. So I think any education is good. And, you know, whether it's Greenflower or, um, Oaksterdam and, and there's a, you know, a few other ones in that in that vein. I put, you know, I also think that if you're computer savvy, every single state requires some type of C to sale tracking to it. And uh, like metric is a common one or MJ Freeway if you're in New Jersey or Utah, you know, and basically I'll tell you companies in this industry like need to hire people who understand those. Oh yeah. And you can do some like courses online. You can watch some videos on YouTube. Any familiarity with what the interfaces look like will probably get you a job. There's not one standard, unfortunately, yet in the cannabis industry. There's not one standard sort of compliance or whatever software. So yeah, so getting familiar with things like MJ Freeway, like you said, Metric, yeah. a few others. Seed to sale, seed to sale software. Seed to sale, yeah, seed to sale software. Sorry, because they're mandated at the state level. If you're a licensed operator, you have to use the system and very, they usually have to train someone anyway. So if you're just like, or at least aware that they're there and have a couple buzzwords on your resume, say metric, you'll probably get an interview. Yep. Very good tip. All really good tips. Where do you see the biggest demand right now? Is it in what we just talked about? Like, where are you seeing the most demand from your clients that are hiring? Like what, where are the openings right now? At this point, they're so evenly distributed around the country. I will say that um, the first six months of 2021, we'll do more business in Michigan than California. I think we'll do almost as much business in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania and Florida as we do in California as well. And then right under that, you have sort of Arizona and uh, and New Jersey as sort of, and Missouri actually as a, sort of the next tier under in terms of the demand that we're seeing. That's amazing. And I would imagine once New York once they get New York in order, you are going to get a huge amount of clients from New York area. I'm really excited about New York. I mean, my uh, my chief revenue officer is based in in New York as well. Obviously, where New York goes, so 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 goes the world. It's already the hub of the capital markets for cannabis as it is. It's going to take a couple of years at least to get any type of industry present, since their medical market is basically non-existent. But I like the progressive nature of their of their regulations of taxing the original medical operators to provide grants and subsidies for social equity applicants. Um, I think it's it's a great, obviously, they're still working through the details of all that, but New York's going to be good. I mean, there's more people in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania than California. So it's going to be a bigger market than than even here once it's once it's, once it's it's alive. Be interesting to see, though, if it's the brands that come out of New York are going to compete with the brands out of the West Coast. That'll be interesting. I know. Or will they be similar? 
like, will there be a Papa and Barkley in New York? Probably, but to be seen. But you want to be a part of it, New York, New York. All right. So this has been fantastic. David, if somebody wants to find out more about Flower Hire, what should they do? They should, uh, David at flowerhire.com. You can get a hold of me. Go to our website, flowerhire.com. Sign up for our newsletter and um, follow us on Instagram at flowerhire. And um, look forward to connecting. Awesome. David, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's rightaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.